0: Flint Cliffs Manufacturing is a full-service metal fabrication shop located in beautiful Burlington, Iowa. Flint Cliffs is now hiring for welders, painters, and machine operators for both first and second shifts. Call 319-752-2781. Well, it's time for the State Corners Ranking Show uh, get a chance for the teams in the farthest away parts of the state to get a little shout-out. we got Ryan Timmerman. Of the sioux city journal welcome to the program ryan
1: yep good to be here good to be back uh as always
0: well you you got a a pretty wide area uh and you got a lot of really great teams uh but like, yep. you, you know we're just talking about teams that are ranked or maybe deserve to be ranked or uh um but someone with kind of a bird's eye view on the ground there of uh what's going on there in north uh West yeah Island. Yeah, so
1: I'll kind of um, give a quick rundown of, of the ranked teams. We finally have uh, rankings for for all of the classes, and um, you know, five A uses the the RPI, so um, that you know doesn't take into consideration districts or groups so much. But um, um, but yeah, we'll run down kind of the ranked teams, and then um, and then maybe like circle back and hit more specifically on a, a few games, but. Um, but in, uh, in 5A, um, Sioux City East is number 19 in the, in the RPI. So most of the other rankings only go to, like, 10. But uh, top 16 make the playoffs, uh, and RPI is all that's used in 5A for playoff spots. So they need to jump a couple teams. So that's very interesting um, uh, last couple weeks to watch there uh, out here in 5A. Um, then, uh, in 4A, we have Lamar's is ranked number 11. Um, in 3A, uh, Sue Center is number six. Healin is number 13. And MOC Floyd Valley is number 16. Um, Helan and, and, uh, MOC Floyd Valley play each other this week, I believe. Um. Not sure about that. They played si- Sioux Center and uh, and played each other um, a couple weeks ago in Sioux Center won. So they have a little bit of advantage there um, in that district. Uh, and then we, we have talked about this uh, Class 2A District 1 um, when I was on before. So uh, this district, the same district has number one Central Lion, George Little Rock, the co-op there. They're. Six and 3 and zero in in district, uh, number three overall West Lyon, uh, same six and 3 and zero, and then number five Western Christian who lost um, to Central Lion, I believe. Um, but so there is, they're kind of what what I thought um, when I was on before. Three of the top five teams in two A are in that same district, so uh definitely one one to keep an eye on there um in in 1a uh no i'm sorry uh we have one more ranked in in 2a um in uh in the different district but spirit lake is number six they're off to a five and one start um in 1a akron westfield is number 10 um in class a woodbury central is number two who i just saw and was very impressed with um and then remsen st mary's is number six in eight man a player so that's kind of the rundown of um the ranked teams there uh um i believe they neither team is ranked but i will be at hinton and uh oabcig that game is at hinton um that, that's a good game I'll be at Friday uh, looking forward to that um, the, they're both four uh, and two and three and zero in their districts so a couple teams fighting for um, top of the district there um, should both make the playoffs if if they haven't um, technically clinched already with the three three district wins but um that should be a good game Um I, we were talking just kind of general football beforehand, but OABCIG has the—I believe—he's the youngest of the DeGene brothers. Cooper was kind of the hero of the Iowa football um, this past weekend. Um, the middle one's playing football at University of South Dakota, and then we have Jax as a freshman, um, kind of making his way. He's—he's um, he's at twelve carries for ninety-five yards, and then. 17 receptions for 221 yards with six total touchdowns uh, on offense anyway um, so I don't he's by no means even their their go-to guy they have um, uh, Keldon Ladwig um, 58 carries 253 yards couple touchdowns for him um, and then uh, uh, Ladwig again through the air uh, 13 receptions. Uh, 122 yards and touchdown, so he's maybe their their go-to guy. But they definitely spread it around. They uh, one, two, three, four, six different kids have more than 10 catches. So like to like to air it out, maybe a little more than the average high school team. And but uh, but yeah, they're taking on a, a pretty good Hinton team. Um, Hinton has played really good defense, and um, you know done done enough to win games. And, uh, looking forward to that. Um, and then, yeah, kind of, kind of, um, from here on out, looking forward to seeing what Lamar's can do. Um, uh, their quarterback, Tegan Castle, uh, is just pretty great stats. I don't think, I think he only played, um, maybe a half this past week. They won pretty big, but, um, really, really good, uh, really good team there that's kind of rounding into form that could make a playoff push in, uh, in foray. <clears throat> um, and then <clears throat> sorry, getting choked up talking about it here. Uh, I, and you know, I imagine uh, somebody out of this class two A district one will make a, a state run, if not multiple of them. Um, and we, uh well in Woodbury Central I imagine will be the same. Um looking at, you know, kind of expectations of making it to the making it to the dome. And we were talking a little eight man eight player uh football before I think we I think it was before we started recording, but you got nice little team there in uh in Winfield that um maybe will run into each other at some uh at the uh Uni Dome for some eight player action with uh since St Mary's uh makes it back. They're ranked number six. And uh and are the they're the returning champs, but they lost about as much as you could expect any one team to lose uh, their senior class just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, they seem to be picking up right where they left off, so that could be a potential uh, meeting of east versus west uh, Iowa coming up there if those two teams were to were to run down um, and run into each other later on in the, in the playoffs or even at the dome. So, um, yeah, you you were, you were very high on, uh, on,
0: uh, um, Winfield, Mount Union.
1: Win, yeah, yeah. Sorry. On Winfield. Well, uh, they so.
0: they've got uh, the Buffington kid there. Uh, yep. I recruit. Uh, they got the West point, uh, recruiting Abram Edwards, uh, Jake, the snake Edwards there that is uh, uh, doing a great job as quarterback. They've got uh, Cole Milks, who is, uh, uh, any you know, anyone would love to have him as their primary target, not a, as a third option, you know. Uh, yeah. But he seems to be pretty dang deadly. Uh, you know, there's a lot of double team in Abrams and, and uh, Tom Buffington, and uh, he gets open, and, and that Edwards' kid's really smart about who to get the ball to. Uh, yeah. Yeah and uh i just the way they just they 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 just uh stomped w- waco and waco's so dang good and and uh yeah. but uh my god uh, you have a, a uh we have you know we have a lot of really good small schools you know uh mm-hmm. we get a little the three a's the four a's and the five a's uh yep. it's really really as you know it's really hard for uh, uh us to have we don't have those really a lot of big towns anyway uh but yeah. uh, uh, Winfield-Mount Union is our best bet to uh, to move it, as Columbus is is a, is a big threat, and uh, Meepo seems like they're moving uh, ahead quite a bit in 2A. Uh, uh, SK's really, you know, uh, uh, maybe our best bet in 1A. Uh, but you have teams from 5A down to 8-man that are all ranked. Uh, yeah. But what team do you have out there in your district do you think will be the last man standing?
1: Um, well, if I were to, if I were to have to guess at what team or teams from around here have the best chance at uh, a state title, I I mean, I'd have to go kind of chalk by the rankings. Uh, Central Lion, George Little Rock is returning champs. Um, They lost one Iowa recruit in Zach Lutmer. But uh, they have two more, and Reese Vanderzee and Graham even. Um, uh, but man, West Lyon is is right there with them, even in that same district. Hate to keep repeating myself, but but uh, you know, very, I I would have to think it's pretty rare to have the two, three of the top five teams in the same district, and um, and so I I think I don't know when you know it yet to be determined when they would see each other uh in the playoffs um we'll see how it plays out here in the um regular season when they play each other here coming up but uh yeah i i just i just think that would be they whoever would um you know maybe maybe they would meet in the state championship but but i would think uh whoever would come out of that district or you know playoff meeting would be the favorite to to take two A, um, and then Woodbury Central in in one A right there, so I think that that would be my my best guesses. All right. Well,
0: is there anything else you want to share with us before we let you go?
1: Uh, no, not too much. I'm starting uh, some postseason stuff around here in other sports, uh, especially in kind of living in the tri-state area around here, South Dakota has um, uh, playoff soccer coming up Vermilion is, is has a pretty good team um, uh, Nebraska has uh spring softball we're in in postseason there so uh, a, a lot happening out here um, but uh, yeah uh, looking forward to to the last few weeks of football season and seeing um, the regular season anyway to, to kind of see how these districts um, kind of pan out to to see how it um, shapes up for the playoffs.
0: We've been listening to Ryan Timmerman of the uh, Sioux City Journal giving us a perspective. Uh, This show is for people who vote in the polls uh, to give you a little opportunity to hear about those teams that might be a little further away from from where you're at. And uh, that's why we call it the State Corners Show. So stick around. We'll have perspectives from all around uh, the state. Uh, uh, Thanks for being with us, Ryan. Yep, no problem. We are going to Southwest Iowa. Last time I put this show together, I didn't have anybody from the Southwest Iowa. But I got a good friend out there. Don Mazinski uh, is with me, and he kind of keeps a little bit of abreast as to uh, what's going on. Uh, uh, he knows everything about Audubon and a little bit about the other team. So uh, welcome program, Don. Hey, thanks. Good to be here with you. Well, uh, let's start there with the Audubon Wheelers. They, they seem to be kind of... Uh, 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 kind of a team on the rise here lately. They're uh, in some polls. They're working their way up in some polls, but they've uh, had some pretty good wins lately. Uh, Tell me a little bit about Audubon and why maybe someone that's voting this poll ought to include
2: them. Well, last week, uh, Audubon uh, had a
0: a meeting with uh,
2: Glidden-Ralston. They were tied for the District 9 lead. Um, Both teams came in very positive looking for a, a positive outcome. Ottoman was fortunate enough, they they came out strong, scored the first 21 points. Um, then Rawlson came back, scored a touchdown, and right after a touchdown, they got ended up with a, a fumble and it, it looked like it was gonna turn into a pretty close game. It was hard fought by both teams, but Ottoman came out on top. Uh, they they lead the, the district right now, five to one, only one loss to Cam. Um, Bringing up that team, uh, that team is just outscoring the world right now. It's uh, I don't know their total points, but after three weeks, they had over 200 points, so like 36. And I know it's much more than that because last week they won by another 60 points. So a really Cam. good team. Talking about Cam, they're ranked right now, ranked fourth in the Iowa poll that I look at. Like you said, there's several polls out yeah, there. Yeah, there's a whole,
0: all kinds of different ones. They got them all in different orders, but you know what? I appreciate all the different uh, eyes on it and different perceptions of it, you know, uh, but uh, um, and since there's so many different of them, and maybe someone will be listening to this, you know, uh, uh, you're high on cam is what I'm hearing.
2: Yeah, I, I'm very positive on cam. It's a good team. They played us played out in first uh, game of the season. Uh, very sound team.
0: Okay. Well, are there any other teams in, in any class there that uh, are getting some recognition or maybe deserve some recognition or, or maybe have the potential to win, uh, win out there and uh, uh, get themselves in a good playoff position? You know, I think, uh, I think Glidden, Wal-
2: Ralston, or even uh, Baxter could, could end up well for our district, um, playing well themselves.
0: Okay. Uh, any, any other than eight-man football out there that's uh, in your area that's that, uh, shining?
2: At this time, I, I'm not really following that that close. Okay. Sorry,
0: Dave. Uh, it's no problem. Well, uh, uh, is there any players or anything you want to mention that are, are really having outstanding seasons?
2: Um, At this time, I, I, I don't have much for you. Sorry.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that is a little bit of a look at uh, some of the eight-man football down there in uh, Southwest. West. Iowa, uh thanks for being with us, Don. Huh? Thanks, Dave. We got Scotty Melvin. He's got the power five. Uh before we get into that, Scott, could you give me a little brief rundown on that Danville game, uh the Danville Van Buren game that you Oh it
3: wasn't much to really tell. Van Buren's line was overpowered by Danville's. Uh they were Danville was a lot more. size wise was about even, but Danville's line was just more quick and athletic and they were all over Leffler all night long. Uh, Van Buren couldn't get anything going. Um, it was just domination by the bears 40 to zip at half. That's pretty much the story.
0: Well, you were the only one that got any you know, actual eyes on, on a Danville game. Uh, they a pretty solid team going in the playoffs. Soon? They are, but their
3: size is, uh, decent. They've got some real good athletes. Um, Quarterback, uh, Bauer's got a good arm on him. He's very athletic, uh, but they are you know—you can tell after seeing him in person and seeing a Columbus in person a couple of times, they're not on that level yet, but they're certainly uh, definitely a uh, possible lower-end playoff team.
0: Okay. Well, let's get into the Power Five.
3: All right. Well, I thought we'd get down to five, but a few teams shined, uh, so they couldn't be left out of it. So I'm still sitting at about eight teams that I'm going to include here with some ties. And we'll start at the number five spot and a couple uh, teams in our area that have lost a couple of games and, and kind of have been in and worked their way out of the power five. And I had no doubt they'd worked their way back in the Columbus Wildcats and the Mediapolis Bulldogs uh, both seem to be streaking and peaking at the right time. As we're heading into the last couple of weeks of the regular season, um, and I think they'll both make uh, strong runs in the playoffs. or setting themselves up for that anyway. Um, Columbus may not get, uh, you know, that number one spot that a district champion gets, but uh, Mediaeval looking like they will. I think they uh, pretty much clinched up the, that district with the win over Mid Prairie. Yeah,
0: I saw them this weekend. They look every bit a power five team to me.
3: Yeah, and I noticed they've climbed back into the low end of the uh, some of the state rankings, too. Yeah,
0: so.
3: yeah. yeah. rightfully so. Um, number four, I got a couple of teams that are – they've only lost a game. Um, they've been in some close ones. So they keep scratching and clawing. They're still in the power five, and that's the Fort Madison Bloodhounds and the Linville Sully Hawks. Uh, I got Linville Sully kind of dropping down just a tad just because they're winning, but they're, they're – uh, their margin of victory that they might have had with uh, their top player in there is, has shrank quite a bit. Um, I still think they're a strong bet to win their district if they haven't already cinched it up. And uh, if Quarter can get back for the playoffs like he said he would be uh, uh, some weeks back when he was first diagnosed with that broken leg, they're as strong as ever uh, come postseason. So um, I think they're a solid number four there with With the Bloodhounds, both those teams kind of reminded me of each other, different uh, levels of classification, but uh, teams that just find ways to win every week. Mm -hmm. Number three, a couple of one-loss teams that are showing us some real surge of power lately, and that's the Waco Warriors. Uh, They had the one setback against number one, Winfield, Mount Union. They're an eight-player, but outside of that, they've been dominant. Um, No matter who they're playing, they seem to be getting better by the week. And the Sigourney Kyoto Cobras, who much like Waco, seem to be getting stronger week by week. And uh, that drubbing they put on Pellet Christian, I think, took a bunch of us by surprise. Not the fact that they won, but the way they did it. And uh, the only thing is keeping them out of uh, keeping them as low as number three for me in my power polls. The fact that they've lost they've lost a game, and they had the close one against Pleasantville but uh, right now they look as, as good and as strong as any team in the round guy radio family, uh, out there. And, uh, man, have they really surged in my view?
0: Yeah. I think in everybody's view, I saw, um, I was looking at some polls and I watched this Iowa, uh, sports YouTube channel and they hadn't really been ranking, uh, um, SK, but finally they got them in there. Just, uh, I, they debuted in the top, I think in seventh place. So,
3: yeah, um, they, they're definitely solid back in there. there. In fact, there's kind of a logjam of teams that we're familiar with in that 1A uh, state rankings that I've been uh, checking out here today. And, uh, they're you know, they're they're very deserving. I think that loss to PCM early on hurt them a little, but not bad. But then the fact that PCM dropped another game or two in there somewhere uh, might have made that, that loss look a little worse, even, uh, to a lot of folks that, that aren't in the know, and then uh, the close game against Pleasantville, the fact that Pella Christian had beaten Pleasantville just a week or two before so badly maybe made some of us think that SK wasn't as as strong as thought, and then they come back this week and just put it together and and uh, show us what they really are, and uh, now now you got to think this team could make some real noise, uh, you know, on the road to the Dome there in 1A. Yeah, uh, no
0: kidding. No kidding.
3: So we're, you know, we're still left with the same two teams uh, that have been undefeated up to this point, and they're still undefeated. And so number two belongs solely to the Wilton Beavers. They are one that uh, kind of remind me of Fort Madison and Linville Bully, other than the fact they haven't lost a game. They've they've had to kind of uh, scratch and claw with some of these games lately. And uh, you know, they're they're uh, for being undefeated. They've been playing some tough competition, deceivingly tough competition, I might add. And uh, they keep coming away with victories. Um, I wouldn't say they've been tested real hard, but they've been pushed a little bit. But they're still undefeated, so they've got to be number two. And the only reason they sit at number two is because my number one team, the Winfield Mount Union Wolves, are absolutely destroying the competition. They're showing no mercy. They are acting the way you want to see a team that's got a real legitimate shot at winning a state title act. Uh, you know they, they aren't treating any opponent, no matter what level that opponent is, in any way other than a possible, you know competitive a competitor that, that, that could beat them. And that's what you want to see out of a team that's got high aspirations. They, they don't take anybody lightly, And they go out and take care of business. And if they got to beat somebody by 60 or 70, that's what they do. And I'm sorry, that's the way it goes. That's what I want to see from a top-ranked team, a team that's got a shot at a state title. And that's what the Wolves are doing. And so they're my solid number one, as they have been virtually all season. And uh, to me, they just look stronger by the week. All
0: right. Uh, What about some bubble teams?
3: Uh, You know, I didn't really dig into that too much. I have been swamped uh, schedule-wise with a lot of – believe it or not, youth sports, um, and it's been a lot of fun. So I've had a look at some really low-level uh, volleyball and football lately, and it has not provided me any time to really dig into much other than the, the team that I'm really focused on. And we are in that part of the season where, personally, Dave, I'm not really that worried about bubble. I'm worried about I'm to
2: teams getting, that
0: Well, what I was going to ask you about the Peking Panthers. Uh, uh looks like they're going to roll to six and two. Pretty impressive win, albeit I'll, I'll uh, against Thailand. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, just want to mention their surgeon a little bit. Well, Scotty, is there anything else you want to say? I know you really were pinched for time tonight. Yeah, I got
3: a lot on my plate tonight before my early bedtime. Um, not really. Um, it, it was fun to get a chance to see Danville in person. Van Buren as well. Van Buren's got some nice athletes. I just feel like uh, line plays where they need to improve, and I don't think it's for lack of size or, or uh, athletes. Uh, they just they just need to come together a little better. Um, Danville was really. Really dominant on the line, especially on the defensive line. I mean, they were just all over Leftler all night. I felt like the poor kid every time he dropped back had two guys on him immediately. And we're talking like we are not talking blitzers. We're talking defensive linemen. Uh, Danville's defensive linemen were fast, uh, decent size. They're just not going to be fast and and, and big enough uh, to take on Columbus or Lisbon. Is my is my thinking.
0: But no, uh, we're but about to find out. But it looks like they could they could give anybody else a game.
3: I think so. Um, you know, they, they battled peaking for a while. I think you brought up peak Yeah, they're they're certainly on the bubble. Um, it's just, there, there's only so many spots and, uh, we, we do know by way of, you know, uh, facing off direct, I guess a team like Columbus, they're not quite to that
0: level yet. No, you got some, you you got some, you got the teams. I, I I agree with what you're saying there. Those are the ones that are at this moment in time and this, This picture really, really dominating. Well, uh, thanks for being with us, Scotty.
3: Hey, thanks a lot. We'll talk soon.
0: Well, we're going to go from uh, uh, one side of state to the other uh, as we are doing the corner show here, uh, the state corners, uh, as we're trying to give people who vote for that but maybe don't live uh, in the farthest extreme parts of the state a, a chance to hear. We've got Nick Manaman of the... Uh, Dubuque sports uh, area sports uh, uh, program. Welcome program Nick. Hey thanks again
4: for having me Dave I appreciate it.
0: Well uh, um, I know uh, you don't have a, a lot of teams in playoff condition up there but you do have a, a, a real powerhouse and, uh, and, and we'll let us know what are the teams out there doing uh, in Dubuque area?
4: So you mentioned the powerhouse right now. That's the Western Dubuque Bobcats. Currently, they're ranked number one, and they have probably played one of the most difficult schedules in their class. They um, lost to a team Cedar Rapids Xavier twenty-two to twenty, who's ranked in the top ten. They also beat number one ranked North Scott, and then a week later. Western Dubuque got that number one recognition, and then they beat a Marion team pretty handily last week. They were up thirty-one. I'm sorry, thirty-five to nothing, and that game finished thirty-five to seven. And they have an opportunity to to make a run, and they play Waterloo East this week. And Waterloo East is currently two and four. The tough challenge will be Decora, who's currently ranked number 10 in Class 4A, and that will be a home game at the Buck for the Western Dubuque Bobcats. Both teams are 5-1, and one, but they have some uh, really high state championship potential there, the Bobcats, out of Western Dubuque. Well, uh, what do they
0: got going there? They got good running backs? They got good defense? Uh, they got a good passing game. What? Why are they so highly touted this year? To be ranked number one in the state, you
4: have to be good in all phases of football. But right now, everything runs around their tailback Grant Glazer, and Grant currently is one of the top running backs in the state. He's averaging eight yards a carry. He has. 1,228 yards on the ground with 13 touchdowns and then they have a great passing attack as well so their quarterback Tanner Anderson's a junior this is his first year as a starter he's got a QB rating of 40.6 he's thrown 12 touchdowns to only three interceptions and then their wide receivers have uh been playing great as well they have brock carpenter who leads the team in receptions with 17 he's got four touchdowns 358 yards receiving colin mcdermott's having a great year three touchdowns through the air 15 catches and then ryan digman Brandon Decker, and then their tight end Hunter Quigliano are guys who are also having great years as well. Defensively, we are going to hear this name quite a bit. Brock Carpenter is, I don't want to say the heart and soul of their defense, but he does – a lot of things well he's great offensively he's great defensively and awesome and special teams as well just last week against marion he blocked a field goal had a punt return for a touchdown and also had a receiving touchdown as well but Derek horner and hunter quigliano are the two who are leading the bobcats in tackles and hunter is leading the Bobcats in sacks with Derek Klesner and then Derek Horner also with two as well. But they, I want, I don't want to discredit their receivers. I don't want to discredit their quarterback, but they are a run first team, but the teams that have come up to stop the run have been burned by the pass.
0: Yeah. um... It sounds like they're pretty solid. Uh are there any other teams in the area that are having a
4: successful season? Well, we talked about this team the last time I was on, Dave. It's the Hempstead Mustangs. And the Hempstead Mustangs, they control their own destiny they started off ranked in the top 10 in 5a they got as high as number four but then they lost to a team that you cover uh, muscatine and muscatine got their star running back back who i think set the program Record for rushing yards, and Muscatine handled Hempstead pretty well. They beat them forty-one to twenty-one, and then they traveled next week to Bettendorf, and they got hammered by them forty-nine to seven. And Bettendorf is currently ranked third, so Hempstead right now. I would say they are a control their own destiny team right now, this Friday, they play on the road at difficult Kingston Stadium in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. They play Cedar Rapids, Kennedy, depending on what poll you looked at. They are either ranked third or fourth in class five a so. I think the Mustangs need to win out against Cedar Rapids, Kennedy against Davenport West and against Davenport central to make the um, the tournament. But there are some teams, I, I'm, there are some people in, in Hempstead's camp and there are some people that believe they can win two out of three to make um, the state tournament and it comes down to their, their strength of schedule currently ranks number 10 in five a. So right now, those are the two teams that, that have the best chance.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. uh, I I don't, I don't blame them for having a tough game against Ty Kozad. He hadn't played the the four games. First four games. I think he's pretty well rested. He's been tearing it up ever since he's been back. Uh, well, uh, um, is there any other teams kind of on the bubble maybe? or, or uh... Before we go to the other
4: teams on, on the bubble, I do want to talk a little bit about Hempstead's offensive leaders. I think the leader on offense there, senior quarterback Carter Krug, uh, he has a, lot that he has to do on offense with different audibles, different play calls. And as a senior, he's done a great job. He's got eight touchdowns to four interceptions. He's got a QBR of 120 1.2, and their ground attack has been very good. They have Quinn Breitbach, who's only a junior. He's got 678 yards rushing. He's hoping to eclipse the 1,000 yard mark before the season's over. He's got seven touchdowns. And then Justin Potts is a guy that's all over the field, whether it's offensively grab, grabbing some touchdowns with three, along of 86, 21 catches on the year. And then Colton Zimbomber, he has seven catches on the year with one touchdown and then defensively we look at them and it's going to be an interesting game to see it with cedar rapids jefferson because i'm sorry cedar rapids kennedy because Hempstead has struggled to stop the run but they do have some guys up front in jackson rudin jaden montgomery Christian Pettinger and then also Tate Woodruff, who I think have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and and want to prove those people that are saying that Hempstead's only victories have come against subpar teams. As for teams on the bubble, it it really all depends. Um, The Bellevue Comets, I think, have an outside chance. They uh, have a quarterback by the name of Hunter Putman who throws it all over the field. And then the other team with an outside chance would be uh, the Waller Catholic Golden Eagles. And they're a ground and pound team uh, by a running back by the name of Michael Borman. But they are really on the outside looking in. It will be kind of fun to see how it shapes up, though.
0: Yeah. uh, The bigger schools is really tough. You know, I mean to make it just to qualify for the playoffs. The smaller schools, some of them are in eight-man districts and four of them go to the playoffs. Uh, and then there's some at-large bids. But uh, yeah, it's up there playing with the big boys, well, uh, congratulations on uh, uh, at least having one number one team. Uh, uh, you might make it all the way to state championship with them. Yeah, it'd be great to
4: see that. I I know um, one of their coaches, Coach Corey Davidson, on a personal level, him and I coach baseball together at Western Dubuque. And it's a running joke that all it took for Western Dubuque to win their first state championship was for him and I to stop coaching in the baseball program. But they, they won one back a couple of years ago. Um, for football. and and it's a pretty interesting story because um Calvin Harris was their starting quarterback. And he just got drafted by the Chicago White Sox in the fourth round, had a pretty successful year um, for low A, and then um, won a state champion. I'm sorry, won a national championship for Old Miss playing baseball and his family owns Harris Golf Carts, and they make customized golf carts for people all over the country. And one of their biggest clients is former Green Bay Packer quarterback Brett Favre. Ooh. So he gave the Bobcats a shout out on Twitter, now known as X, when when they won their first state championship. So, yeah, the Bobcats have some big shoes to fill. I know um, people still talk about that team that won that last state championship a couple of years ago, but a lot of gritty guys that, that want to put their mark and put their stamp on the program. So if they can clean up some penalties and if they can play turnover-free football I do believe that state championship could be in their future.
0: Well, uh, the number one ranking doesn't hurt uh, anybody's perception of that. Uh, well, let me ask you a little something. Uh, uh, you you kind of were a baseball focused thing, and then you you become this uh, in this Dubuque area sports thing. Uh, how was how well has the football been received on your podcast?
4: Football has been going well. It, so, we, we kind of have a network. It's uh, the Dubuque area sports podcasting network. And then we've kind of launched some side shows. So, we have Tri States Inside the Huddle, which is which is our football show. And then last week, we uh, interviewed a girl from the Hempstead Mustang. She just entered the, uh, some pretty prestigious clubs at Hempstead in volleyball. She entered the. I believe it was the 750 kills club and I'm sorry, the 500 kills club and the 750 digs club. So we're doing a little bit of all everything. We're going to launch some basketball stuff here. And then, and then baseball is, is the big one, but the football audience has been great. They've been, they've been very, um, excited about the podcast they're always every friday reaching out to me giving me details on on who should win player of the game or quarterback of the week that sort of thing so it's it's gone well we're looking for other hosts to add some other sports because um i have uh, three children two under three and my time is very limited and and also i don't ever want to do anything where I'm putting myself out there where I could be embarrassed. I know baseball very well. I know yeah. football and basketball very well as well. So me doing a wrestling or a golf podcast, would not go well? How are things going for you, Dave?
0: Well, it's, it's you know, big, big, we, uh, uh, just almost had 5,000 people uh, last month. Uh, the coaches are great. Uh, uh, I got a pretty good system for football's easy. Uh, all the games are on Friday night, and there's a quirky game once in a while on a Thursday or a Saturday. Uh, uh, but uh, um, basketball and baseball is every night of the week, you know. But uh, Yeah. You, uh, you the, could... one th-
4: the one thing I wish about football, though, is baseball and basketball, it is so easy to pull the stats because the coaches have to enter them right away. I remember wanting to pull stats for – players of the week that I give out that are attached to local businesses for sponsors and nobody put them up there and then when I reached out to a football coach he said that football they don't have to put them out until after the third week so every three weeks they have to put that in there. So there are some coaches and there are some families and some photographers in Dubuque that are getting tired of hearing from me every Saturday and Sunday morning. But they've done a good job of of sending me the players that have had some remarkable evenings that we can get those recognition awards out to and get these players recognized and get them noticed. And if they want to go play at the second level, they can uh, they can be seen through this podcast.
0: Well, we've been talking to Nick Maneman who runs a, a podcast known as the Dubuque Area Podcast? Uh, uh, Where the purpose of this show is to get the, the players and the teams in the extremes. And he's in the extreme northeast, and we're in the uh, southeast part here. But we're going to give you, we got a guy for the southeast side too, or southwest sides too. So uh, thanks for being with us, Nick.
4: Dave, it's always a pleasure. Can't wait for us to do this again in a couple more weeks. And hopefully those Western Dubuque Bobcats are still holding that number one spot. And hopefully the Hempstead Mustangs are playoff bound. And then one of those bubble teams, whether it's the Bellevue Comets or the Waller Catholic Golden Eagles, can make a jump into playoff contention as well.
0: All right. Well, thanks for being with us.